Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here and great to have you along. If this is the first podcast of ours you've listened to, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button and come along for the ride. Kiwi Rider Podcast is a motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders, loosely affiliated with the Kiwi Rider magazine, which is out absolutely free twice a month for you to read at kiwirider.co.nz. My name is Ray Heron and I run uh, motonz.com and Matthew Day Gillett, who will be joining me a little bit later on in the podcast runs motor runs on throttle.co.nz later on the podcast as i said we're going to be talking to matthew d gillett we're going to be talking the motor marini cmezo six and a half scr and str but before we get into that we've got to do the top five and this week it's the top five motorcycles that are stolen thank you very much to our friends at protector insurance bringing you this segment because you know we've got to look after our motorcycles protector insurance if you want to find out if you're on the best deal possible possible for your insurance go to protector.co.nz according to their stats they dove into them and gave me the top five motorcycles stolen it at number five bmw have you got a bmw would you have picked BMW motorcycles to be the fifth most, most stolen bike in the country? In at number four, KTM. There's a lot of KTMs on the road. I know they're very popular uh, sub-650cc Lambs bikes and incredibly popular um, adventure bikes. So I kind of expected them to be a little bit higher than number four. In at number three of the top five motorcycles stolen in New Zealand, according to Protector Insurance, Kawasaki. Kawasaki's get stolen. There's a lot of them around. A lot of ninjas, I'd say, get stolen. Number two on the top five list of motorcycles stolen in New Zealand. Thank you very much to Protector Insurance. Ducati. I know why you'd steal a Ducati. They are hot bikes. And the uh, number one most stolen motorcycle in New Zealand, according to Protector Insurance, is an Indian. They've actually given me the top ten. So uh, number one is Indian. Number two, number two is Ducati. Number Number three is Kawasaki. Number four is KTM. Number five is Indian. Six is Yamaha. Seven is Honda. Eight, Triumph. Nine, Suzuki. And ten, Harley Davidson. So basically, no motorcycle is immune to being stolen unless you lock it down, put a GPS tracker on it, and hide it away. Please be careful with your motorcycles. And if you want to know if you're on the best deal possible for your insurance, go to protector.co.nz. Get a free quote. They're going to cover you, your bike, your gear. You're going to get Get, uh, all sorts of cover you even get track day cover um on some policies so go to protector.co.nz find out what uh, if you're on the best deal possible and see if the, see what they can do for you that is the top five And joining me now is Matthew Day Gillett from OnThrottle.co.nz. And the other half of this podcast, even though we don't hear you, Matt, we have your content every week because <laughs> uh, you do a great job of writing the news. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I'd like to talk more f- verbally, but um, yeah, I don't know about you, but I get a lot quite crazy busy these days. Yeah, it's been pretty mental kind of keeping up with life admin, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and just, yeah, what, the last month I've been completely wiped out with pneumonia, so that was fun. 
don't recommend. Oh, you're back in the land of the living, which is which is great, and it means you can ride <laughs> motorcycles more often. Um, and 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 something that you and I have both had a go on, and I've got one sitting in my garage right now. I wanted to compare notes on the among many many bikes that you've been riding in the last few months, the Moto Marini CMSO six and a half SCR and STR. Yeah, no, I've ridden yeah both of them in the last six months um in fact it was only a couple of weeks ago i gave the str back um because um yeah as some people may know there's a lovely big red um x cape in my garage at the moment which i'm going to be riding for the winter as a long-term test bike which is quite exciting that is x cape looks way better in red than it did in white that's for sure oh it's so good in red like it just pops and the contrast between like the black plastics that surround the seven inch tft dash um just in in general it just seems to be a bit more it feels more premium to look at even though it's made of exactly the same materials um, it's amazing what color can do speaking of red though you had the red Marini uh semizo six and a half scr T, tr or was it the you're the tr yeah. the tr so they're both, both for, the, for if anyone who hasn't listened to us talk about these bikes or checked out any of the videos you've got the they're both a six and a half uh cc six and a half cc <laughs> 650 cc uh engine um they're they're using a um CF Moto engine? Uh, Kawasaki derived, I believe. It's actually, from what I understand, and I could be completely wrong here, um, I believe it's derived from the Kawasaki ER6. Um, that's mm. my understanding anyway. I could be completely wrong. Um, but but I'm, I'm led to believe they're basically the same engine that's in the CF Motos. Same ECU as well. Um, and... Uh, it, the bike itself, so as I said, 650cc uh, comes, it's a parallel twin. Yep, parallel twin. Yep, parallel twin. I just had to look over my shoulder at the bike <laughs> over there. <laughs> um, and it uh, it comes in SCR or STR. SCR is kind of a scrambler variant. STR is kind of a street naked variant, right? Yes, that's correct. So one comes with spoky dokey wheels, the other one comes with alloys. One has this little uh, duck bill and a little wind fairing, which is the uh, the SCR. The other one has a uh, like a front wheel hugger kind of guard and no little wind fairing coming off the uh, the odometer speedo area. Yeah, interestingly enough, they also have different handlebars. The SCR has taller handlebars uh, than the STR. Um, though they both got eight, uh, an 18 inch front and a 17 inch rear tyre so they both run on basically the same tyres it's just the SCR gets the more off-roady look to it go and check out um, On Throttle on Instagram Matthew you've got a photo of the STR there in a, a beautiful cherry red and my god it's a stunning looking bike honestly that was the first of the same as those I saw in person and I just fell for it like I was just like holy crap that paint is amazing and I just like I was walking around the warehouse and I just kept looking at it I was like there's all these other pretty bikes to look at around here um and I was just going whoa like I could fall into that paint it really reminds me of I think it's called soul red it's a Mazda color that they used to have on the Mazda 3 and it's just insane it's such a great color Mm. 
No, it really is. I've got the I've got the black variant. Um, it's black. It's got a tan seat. There's a bit of um, grey or silver on the uh, on the tail, and it's got these beautiful anodized gold forks, which I think absolutely set the bike off. Yeah, that's another difference between the STR and the SCR. Um, do you want to know what the name of that matte black? Um, SCR colour is absolutely um, I've got up in front of me so it comes in three colours so you've got profound blue which is sort of a sort of matte sparkly blue which also looks great field green which is the one I had which looks very scrambler appropriate and then mysterious inkiness is what they call the black one ah, so. mysterious <laughs> inkiness okay uh, I, I think that's a great name for the bike actually <laughs> my, my son actually my four year old boy Oakley he's been calling it toothless <laughs> from how to train your dragon <laughs> exactly I yeah. don't think they're very much toothless bikes so they've got decent power coming from those engines um, specifically for a lambs bike like they're not going to blow your socks that up. was my next point right it's a lambs bike but before i go too deeply into this thoughts on 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 the ride i think the power delivery it's very linear very predictable but there's more than enough there to have fun especially for you for a lambs bike should you and you can wheelie them um reasonably easily as well and well i can't wheelie them i have tried <laughs> Oh, maybe I've just been had more time to ass about on them, um, and but yeah, like I found there's no problems with the power, plenty of it, especially as as you say we're talking about lambs bikes here, so you don't want too much power to all of a sudden get in trouble with, um, and they're also backed up by decent braking components to stop you as well. You got Brembo's on these things with uh, previous lambs bikes that I've owned that have had six speed gearboxes and been a six fifty cc roughly. Uh, I found that getting it up into sixth at motorway speeds or highway, you know, open road speeds. There was no need for sixth gear. It was a bit luggy, luggy. Didn't have the power in sixth. Yeah. Where I found with the the Moto Marini CMSO six and a half. It's a mouthful, isn't it? Oh, yeah. um, that even in sixth gear at say a hundred, hundred and five, hundred and ten, you don't necessarily need to drop a gear to accelerate. No. There's there's heaps of power there. Oh heck yeah! Like I cruised back when I took the STR back to Moto Marini HQ. Um, I cruised back along the. Waikato Expressway which is 110 kilometer an hour speed limit so naturally everyone's doing 120 130 kilometers an hour had no dramas keeping up I got to do those uh, those that road you're talking about I actually got to do it for the first time with the family in the in the the family wagon a couple of weeks ago and man you do motor along there I mean it's 110 so suddenly everyone's doing 120 yeah it's it's definitely um a bit butt puckering at times if uh, you're on Rosie the Rally and you just pinned in fifth gear, hiding behind the fairing, trying to be as small as possible going into headwind and people are just whizzing past you. <laughs> but you don't have that problem on these marinis. They're like, as we've been saying, like they've, you've got nothing to complain about in terms of the power or the way they deliver the power. They're also incredibly well equipped for, and I keep saying it, I'd... I almost don't need to say for a lambs bike because they're, they're quite well equipped compared compared to a lot of motorbikes. But I feel like if you put the, 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 the byline for a lambs bike, it just boosts them even more. Um, but 
let's compare apples with apples, the MTO7, which has been the darling of the lambs market for a very long time, the SV650, which is still very, very popular. What else is in that lambs market? You know, the, the I think you've got the CBR500. Uh, yeah, you have also the um, Z650 and Ninja650. Um, from Kawasaki. So let's compare. Let's compare the Moto Marini to those. Just on the face of it, the Moto Marini, a fully adjustable suspension, a TFT color display, a um, Bluetooth connectivity, uh, full LED lighting all around. That might have nailed it. Can you name another Lambs bike that has all of that equipment? Uh, not really. No. Um, like especially the adjustable suspension part and the brakes are brembos as i mentioned earlier so you've got decent quality brakes brembo brakes yeah really good brakes if i like i'm gonna do a video very soon on my top five things i love about this bike and the brakes are number one the brakes are outstanding yeah i need to adjust the lever on um the bike i've currently got um just make it move it in a little bit for my hand position but they're one finger brakes like most of the time unless you want to stop quickly then they're two finger brakes um, but yeah adjustable suspension like fully adjustable um, KYB forks at the front so you've got not just preload hydraulic you've got rebound and compression dampening there as well same at the back um, it's it, it's they're all you need plus those dashes look fantastic like the interface for as a rider is brilliant the only thing they don't have is um ride by wire throttles so you don't get cruise control i've been accused of being too positive about things when i review them lately and i feel like we need to level this out like i've been incredibly glowing about this bike and when i first got it i said that i reckon this will rival the mto7 famously i've had two mto7s oh that would annoy a lot of people, I imagine, all the all the MTO7 purists out there. You're probably quite right. <laughs> the people that say I've de-restricted my MTO7, fully de-restricted. <laughs> yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll cross that. We'll have that, we'll have that discussion <laughs> another day. Um, I reckon side by side, the MTO7 is going to have the torque. The, the MTO7 yeah. has the seat of the pants ometer sewn up. But equipment-wise... The, the Marini wins. Price-wise, oh, the Marini down. wins. Styling, Looks if you're looking at the current one. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the first-gen MTO7, yeah, it was all right. Second-gen, on the money, looked fantastic. Third-gen, oh, my God, robot vomit. The Moto Marini, full LED lighting all around, which is still something I'm pretty sure the MTO7 doesn't have. I know the first gen and second gen definitely didn't have LED indicators. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, I know that ugly headlights definitely LED, but <laughs> other than that, um, I've not even seen a, one of the new MTO7s in person yet. There are a couple floating around. And I mean, the CP2 engine is fantastic. I'm still riding a, a, you know, a high output CP2 and I do like getting back on the T7. But I feel like it's almost unnecessary, especially when you ride the Marini. If you're if you're taking into account the entire package, including equipment and what it's going to cost you to buy it new, I, I honestly think the Moto Marini is a better package. Oh, definitely. Like I think you were talking about being too positive. There are some things that hold the Marini's back. 
One of them being it doesn't have as comprehensive a dealer network as the competition. Like it's a brand new brand. They've only been in the country for a year. People are still a bit hesitant about them. They're not quite sure where where they fit. Um, and I suppose it doesn't help that there's people like us that are just raving about them going, these are awesome. Um, so people are probably a bit like, oh. Um, but what are some things, have you found anything about the CMESO you've got that you're not 100% like sold on? I've got two things in mind for me. I'd have to give that some thought. I know on my latest video, I had a comment on uh, latest video on YouTube. I had a comment saying somebody said, "Oh, where are they made?" Oh, that's right, China. Yes, Mato Marini is owned by a Chinese company. The bikes themselves, the you know, it was an Italian heritage. The bikes themselves are designed in Italy, but yeah, they're still manufactured in China, and they've got they share a lot of parts between them and CF Moto. I don't necessarily nowadays see that as a bad thing. Uh, because there are more parts, well, yeah, I, I'd like you to uh, elaborate on that, but in my view, more bikes sharing the same parts mean there are more parts available. More parts make them cheaper, right? Easier to get and cheaper. That's my thought. Yeah, well, like, yeah, workers' rights and everything aside, stuff made in China is made physically cheaper. They don't pay people as much as other countries in the world do. They don't sort of go quite as high tech though you could argue opposite um but yeah i have no issues with stuff being made in china my freaking iphone's made in china most stuff these days is made in china why should we not like motorcycles made in china heck half the parts on harley davidson's on hondas on everything is made in china uh, it's a manufacturing com- country that's what their base is a lot of it's just a little bit of xenophobic kind of tendencies there I think that's 100% it people just are like ooh China Um, yeah stick my nose up to it I've got no issue with it like yes it's if for um, political reasons um, things get very tricky with China in the coming years particularly around Taiwan and what happens there uh, could make things uncomfortable but honestly that's a bridge you're going to have to cross and like the whole world we've just gone through a pandemic where you couldn't get anything Um, so yeah Um, the whole made in China thing doesn't worry me though the things that do I find not great for me on the same ESOs um, particularly the seat of the SCR especially after I rode the STR I'm 100% convinced that the STR has a more comfortable seat and the exhaust has this um, essentially the exhaust comes out of your two head of pipes goes into a big catalytic converter collector pipe uh, box and then you've got a pipe that comes out the side of it and it has a metal cover which is a stylistic element but essentially if you take that off you've literally just got a pipe coming off the side of the exhaust um, which I don't know maybe it sort of denotes the build price of it maybe it's a styling element I don't know it's I just think it was a bit of a weird choice for the exhaust if I have to pick some things that I don't like about the bike or that I would like to improve on if I was the designer with the current bike as a base I think and I'm being real picky here because I'm struggling I think you've you've kind of led me to something there, the the shroud that goes around the exhaust. So the exhaust comes out 
just under, just inside the right-hand foot peg and comes out between the foot peg and the tyre, right? The plastic or the metal shroud around it, I think my heel when I'm wearing adventure boots hits it a little bit. Yeah, I think I found that too. It makes it a little bit uncomfortable. M- means I have to put my, my, my heels out, my toes in a little bit. Um, you know, that's how, that's to the level of pickiness <laughs> I have to be to find something I don't like. You are right. The seat is a little bit hard, but I'm used to a hard seat. Uh, so if you're if you're coming from a gold wing or something quite comfortable, you'd probably find it a little bit hard. And I think that would degrade your overall feeling of the bike uh, a little. See, I'm not too sure if it's necessarily hard. I think it's more to do with the ribbed style. You've got all of those ribbed panels um, stitched into that seat and it looks gorgeous. It looks like a proper leather seat. Um, but when you jump on the STR, which is a much more flat seat, um, it's like they're about the same squishiness when you push on the padding. But I think it's just the way that that seat's shaped and inherently, I, like I'm yet to find a ribbed seat that I found comfortable. Um, so I think, yeah, that's just, that's what you're buying into when you get a ribbed seat. You think maybe the ribs give you more structure, so it, it is a bit inherently a bit harder? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about why, but yeah, I've just found generally, yeah, don't know, don't about, know the about the science. I just find rib seats not the most comfortable, especially when you compare them to, yeah, a more conventionally flat seat. I, I honestly think it's a great bike. I really do. I'm, I'm struggling to find things I don't like. I think you've hit the nail on the head when you say um, that the dealer network isn't quite 100% yet. There aren't that many around. I'm lucky that, um, you know, having this bike in the garage, I've ridden it almost 1,500 kilometres so far. First service at 1,000 kilometres, um, which is pretty standard for most, most new bikes. Uh, and I had to take it to the dealer, of which there is one in Lower Hutt. Um, my biggest complaint about that is they're uh, they're not very close to the uh, train station, so I had a five minute walk from there to the train station to catch the train into work the day it got serviced. Oh, no, five minute! I walk. know. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> but I actually didn't even catch the train that day. I went down to TSS Motorcycles and borrowed a um, a, a Triumph uh, Speed Triple RR, and that was the best day I've had this year on two wheels. Um, but that's another story. Uh, so yeah, I think the dealer network's probably the biggest downfall of them, but parts are readily available. They're cheap. They're a great package. And I think if you uh, if your biggest drama with trying one of these bikes is the fact that it's Chinese, then you really need to take a strong look at yourself, bite your tongue, and go and test ride one of these bikes. Yeah, 100%. Like... They're a great bike. You look at them, you spec sheet them, like put them in a spec sheet battle with anything, and yeah, they might fall slightly short in terms of outright power, but they've got all the power you need, and they make up for it with a really, really well-rounded package. Plus, they don't look like a robot transformer thing, which I have a real bug with the um, Japanese bikes at the moment for just, they look horrendous. So, And these things look great. Yeah, they really do. Um, and full disclosure, neither you or me, Matt, have been paid to uh, give a positive review. Uh, in 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 my case, I know that uh, the guys at Motor Marine in New Zealand, um, they've specifically asked me to be quite um, quite picky about reviewing these bikes 
and uh, I'm I'm giving an honest re- you know honest review. They've given me the bike to ride for as long as I want for probably about six or eight months. They've given new bikes to test, and they they literally want us to to put these bikes through the ringer and 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 report back to the public on on honestly what we find, right? Yeah, exactly. So I've got this X Cape, which I took uh, picked up after I dropped off the STR. Um, I've got this for the winter, uh, three or four months. Uh, I've got a long list of things I'd like to try and get done with it in that time because, as you know, normally when we get a test bike, it's for a week, two weeks at the most usually. Um, so it's a really nice opportunity, actually, Motor Marine NZ have given us to actually have these bikes um, as close as we're going to get to owning them because neither of us have sort of 11 to 15 grand just sitting around to drop on a test motorbike to have for a wee while um so yeah there's lots of cool stuff um, i've got plans to do and i'm looking forward to this sort of delving deeper so i've got to take this up to auckland to get a um oh what's it called a first service in the next couple of weeks um, unfortunately there isn't a dealer in hamilton like we said the dealer network is uh, still growing um but I'm yeah really really looking forward to putting some K's on this bike, especially as it's got a much nicer, bigger seat than Rosie the Rally, and <laughs> so much more power. So if you, dear listener, have an idea of what you think we should do with these bikes, I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us through many many different ways. Uh, Matthew Day Gillett is available at onthrottle.co.nz uh, and on social media under onthrottle.nz and me motonz.com and on social media under moto or at T7 Adventures on Instagram. What do you think we should do to test these bikes out? What do you want to know about these bikes and how can we best show you how they perform? Matt, I think we might need to go for like a lap of Taranaki or something. Keen, there's a river um, POI at Taranaki that um, I need to grab um, so I can get back on that leaderboard. So yeah, definitely keen. I think we should go out and meet up while we've both got these marinis and go for a blast somewhere and enjoy a gravel road or two. And it's been like it's been like four years since we did that uh, lap of Taranaki. Piss off! It's not that long ago, is it? At least three years. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, it was twenty. Was it twenty nineteen? So four years. Holy shit! I know, the last three years of COVID have just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely keen to go for a ride. Hopefully it's not as rainy. Um, but yeah, I've genuinely been thinking of um, almost making a day ride and going to Whangamomina for lunch, going to Mount Taranaki and then heading home. So oh, we could make it into an overnighter or something. We will We Put will talk. I'll have my people contact your people. We'll do lunch. All right, sounds good. <laughs> uh, thank you very much Matt for taking the time to have a chat love you love your work love your news um, onthrottle.co.nz is where you can catch up with Matt and all his photos and content and that pretty much wraps up the podcast this week thank you very much for listening this is Kiwi Rider Podcast if you want to hear more of what I do go to motonz.com go to YouTube search up motonz new videos up every week and almost hitting the 10 the 1000 subscribers mark on that channel which means we can start monetizing uh, and getting some money back for the ads that you already have to watch unless you've got an ad blocker Matthew Day Gillett's website onthrottle.co.nz and I know that he's got a YouTube channel under the same name onthrottle.co.nz on social media Facebook, Instagram uh under the name On Throttle and uh, go to kiwirider.co.nz to check out the latest magazine two magazines a month absolutely free with uh, f- 
packed full of motorcycling goodness um, and all uh, free and awesome for you. Motor, uh, KiwiRider.co.nz Otherwise, I've been Ray, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast, get the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. 